I am Doug Friedman. And I am Meredith Levy. And this is Your Mental Breakdown. The podcast. I just noticed your t-shirt. Protect our forests. Well, they sure are. They're wrapping those huge trees in little little <laughs> aluminum fire blankets. It's so cute. Oh. Have you right, seen that? Do you see who these people are on my shirt that are protecting the forest? Are those Ewoks? These are Ewoks. Oh, that's cute. Yeah. Yeah. Well, do you see the giant sequoias are being protected? I heard that the sequoias were getting threatened. I didn't know that that people are taking drastic measures. That's awesome. Yeah, they're literally wrapping the whole bottoms in um, protective blankets, fire retardant blankets or whatever. Wow. Is, yeah. is General Sherman going to be okay? That's what they're most focused on. Wow. And for those of you that don't know, we'll, we'll probably link it, but you can check out General Sherman is, I think, the world's biggest sequoia tree, right? The biggest and the oldest? No, maybe just the biggest. But yeah, it's like 36 feet across, I think diameter or circumference. Wow. No, I can't remember. But anyway, it's a beaut. It's a beaut. I will say that. Have you been there to Sequoia? Yeah. Wow. I've never been to the national park there. What? I know. I know. I'm, I'm like the mountain man forest guy that I've, that's never been to. I know. I know. I know. It's like here. Like I've, I've never seen the Grand Canyon. I've never seen Niagara Falls. Oh, me Fall. neither. Oh, no, me I neither. I have seen the falls. Yeah. I haven't seen either of those, but Sequoia is right here. I've been inside one of the Great Pyramids. Well, <laughs> like that doesn't count. You're right no, in our state. that's badass. <laughs> that is badass, I will say. There, all right. There, gotcha. Okay, yeah. next subject. <laughs> next subject also, I want to go to Ireland. If anybody has some advice on where to go to Ireland, where I can go to some tiny small town where there's only like three stores, maybe fall in love with an <laughs> Irish man for a little bit. Um, and just like get back to my roots. I'm half of, I'm, I'm like a third Irish, I think around there. So I thought (laughs) first I was thinking Scotland. I just want one of those accents and it's beautiful and green. You realize Scotland is not Ireland. You just just made a lot of enemies out there. (laughs) No, I said first I was thinking Scotland and then I was thinking Ireland. They're both beautiful and a lovely accents. And then I was like, well, I should go to my roots. So I should go to Ireland. Cool. So I'd like to go for like a month, but I just have been researching it and I'm like, what do I drop a pin? Like fucking some random town and see what happens. You can hit all the pubs and I wouldn't kiss the Barney Stone these days, but you can go do that too. I know not probably, probably not, but yeah. Anyway. So if anyone has any, any ideas where I can go chill with some goats and a, a strapping young lad, right. I'd be stoked. Remember uh, the movie once? Yeah. That's where I'm going. That's yeah. That's what I want to do. Right. That's why you want to go. You saw the movie like, that's what I want. I, I can't, I can't watch movies. It's football season now. Oh, right, right, right. <laughs> Perfect. Somebody asked me like, how are you into like music and sports? And, and I'm like, how is anybody into that? Can't you be into more than one thing? Like, why not? Yeah, like, that's a weird you question. You know, like sports teams and you know that I'm like, so well, I can't like know Dungeons and Dragons characteristics and the players on a football team. Like, <laughs> like of course. I mean, not? Yeah. <laughs> That's an interesting concept, but sure. Well, here, okay, pop quiz. Have you ever heard of of the greatest quarterback of all time in our time, Tom Brady? 
Of course. My dad is yeah. a 49ers diehard fan. Oh. <laughs> He's a 49ers fan. You know, Tom Brady has nothing to do with the 49ers. Didn't he before? Never. Way back? <laughs> no. Oh my God, Absolutely that was never. so good. <laughs> that was so good that you just proved my point. I was going to say, well, you know who he plays for, right? And you were going to name his old team that he played for forever. I know he just got, he just got moved to somewhere where? Yeah, Tampa Bay. Oh, yeah, yeah, He didn't yeah. get moved. He chose to move. Right, okay. Right. And you don't need to know every player or everything to appreciate the sport. If you do, you can appreciate it on a deeper level. It's sort of like going to a concert of a band that you've never heard of, but your friend's like, oh, come to this concert with me. You're not going to have yeah. the same experience because you don't know the songs and you don't have the affinity for it. You don't know the band members, but the music might be good music. Totally. I concur. Speaking of knowing the band, let's talk <laughs> about knowing the man who tried to break into your house the other day. Oh, you guys. So next day... Next day, I'm sitting here working in like my office in my house is like two of the walls are just glass basically. And so I'm sitting there talking to a client on my computer and I see him wander in my backyard now. Okay. I went the day before <laughs> I got another padlock. I put it on and apparently had forgotten that the other one had been opened by the gardener. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? So. He's again, pretty much wearing the same outfit, very innocent, seemingly, and very confused. And, but he's coming up to my door this time, like right where I'm sitting, my glass door and just like jiggling the door and trying to get in. And I'm, my client's like, um, so I like turn around. Could your client see it? I turned it around so she could. And I said, make sure nothing happens to me. And so I go up there. And by the way, I know this client wasn't didn't have like a huge trauma. You know, I wasn't worried. And I also wasn't worried he was going to really do anything. But so eventually I said, let me, I got to reschedule with you. So I got off with her, but I went over there and I was like, Hey, why are you in my backyard, sir? (laughs) And he was like, this is my backyard. This is my house. And I was like, no, it's not. This is mine. Wow. So finally I had to call the cops and the cops came. So it was, it was your theory that he was just an older guy with dementia severe dementia. So eventually they came, they were talking to him. It was so bad. He didn't know his birthday. He didn't know. He just knew his name. So finally, as we're talking and trying to figure it all out, his, my neighbor comes out who I've met before. I know she has kids and she was like, that's my husband. And I was like, I didn't even know you had a husband. She's like, cause he never leaves the house. He has severe dementia and he's not, it seems like early onset. Cause he's not very old at all. Mm. I mean, he's, probably in his sixties or something, but that's not old to me. No. So she was like, thank you so much. And she was like, we know he has like a bracelet on normally, but he took it off. And she said, he keeps escaping. And she's like, I swear to God, I turned around for two minutes. She said he started physical therapy again during COVID. He's barely left the house, but he started physical therapy again. They take him out on walks and clearly he's been doing those walks when he gets out on his own. Without the physical therapist, he's going to the same places. Which is probably good and good for him. He just missed his house by one. By one, literally. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I was like, okay. It's heartbreaking. I was like, okay, Bill, next time, look at my house and look at yours. Yours is way nicer and bigger. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, okay. So yeah, I, 
um, it was still, it was scary and more than anything scary knowing that right. how easy it is for that to happen, but for myself and for him and just so grateful that he got put, sent back home. He's in his home right. now. Right. So good. Yeah. It sounds like he was somewhat coherent. He was just disoriented, right? Yes. Very. Like he probably didn't know what year it was. He didn't know. Well, I, I don't know how many of us would know either. <laughs> You're not wrong. <laughs> kind of just all been in that, that state for a year and a half, I think. I know. I'm going crazy. Except for tennis with Nancy. Tennis. I went, I played, <laughs> I played with the ladies, you guys. It was fun. It was really? totally fun. I played with the ladies. Did you, did you wear a skirt? Fuck no. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Don't insult me like that, Doug. No, I did not. But I was really fun. And here's, a, I haven't told you this yet. So mm. one of the women I met, I really liked. And then a few days later, one of my friends, Brooke, came with me to a tennis lesson. So cut to after our lesson, Brooke and I go into town to get a drink and run into her. And this woman, it was crazy. She was like, hey, huh. it's, you know, so-and-so from tennis. I was like, oh my God, hey. So we're talking, Brooke is a therapist I work with. Right. She's 27, I think. And the lady, this woman says, well, she says to Brooke, well, if you're anything like your mom and Brooke and I Ooh. look at each other and I'm like, wow, do you think this is my daughter? It was not an insult. It was just fucking hilarious. Like for, <laughs> for me, I didn't take it as an insult. I kind of took it like, and, and everyone's like, she looks really young. I'm like, does she? Okay. I'm just used to her. So I don't know. Like Brooke looks really young. It was right, so right. funny, but forever on, I'm like, well, you're my daughter. So it's fine. <laughs> it wasn't a comment on you being old. It was just a comment on Brooke being young. I mean, yeah, I don't think of you as old. You're my age. No, <laughs> we're not I don't old. think of me as old either. I still no. think we're like high school-ish, at least totally. the mentality. I mean, my sense of yeah. humor is probably more elementary school-ish, but that's, that's cool. And, <laughs> and we look good as fuck, so who cares? <laughs> Damn straight. Take our word for it. We look good. <laughs> and if you're on our Patreon and stuff, you will Oh, that's right. See us. That's right. We don't do shout outs enough to our social media. So social media, find us yeah. out there. We're on Instagram. I, I don't know what the dots are. Your dot mental dot breakdown. We should know that. I mean, I think if you just go to these things and search your mental breakdown, yeah. you'll find us. Yeah. Like Facebook, same thing. TikTok. Please don't. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think we still have a Twitter. I don't really tweet uh -uh. much. I don't I'm know not if we really do doing that one. Yeah, no. I don't think we do. And, um, yeah, and the Patreon's and Patreon. coming soon. And our store is coming soon. We got a lot of stuff to plug. Patreon, don't find us on there yet because we're not on there yet, but we will be soon. Sure. Drew will be on there. Uh, so you get to hear episodes with him continuously. And we'll be on there. Lots of goodies there. And the merch, that stuff I'm, I'm psyched about. The store should be up in a couple of weeks. Yes, that's, that's cool. going to be very exciting. Yep. Yep. And in the meantime, we have us chatting about what we chat about and Sarah. I have you and Sarah to listen to, which is great. It was weird being on break for a few months. Like we inadvertently took the entire summer off. Yep. <laughs> we, <laughs> we did, we did not plan to take the summer yeah. break. It just kind of happened like where we lost a few Drew episodes 
and we didn't yeah. know what we were doing. And then we had a new client and, and like, okay, all of this, let's shut it down and then start back up again. And right. it does feel good to, to be restarted and, yeah. and back with you, Meredith, and you, all of you out there in podcast land. It's, it's nice. Yeah, it's nice. It's nice to have some familiarity and continuity and structure. Speaking of familiarity, continuity, and structure, yeah, <laughs> we are about to uh, to do all of that with Sarah and continue with her story. That is, yay! I think for a lot of people, including me as the therapist, with her increasingly interesting. Like it, it's drawn me in. Like a lot of what she's going through and what she's been through and how she's making sense of it. It's it's what did you say the other day? It's good. Like it's getting good. Getting good? Okay. <laughs> that's, what, that's what you said. Well, if it's an episode, I'm listening to, oh, it's getting good. The session, it's a human. Yes. So right. I'm enjoying it. Yep. I'm getting into it, sinking my teeth into it. Well, and before you sink your teeth into this one, I will give you guys a warning, not a trigger warning, an audio warning that the last five minutes of Sarah's session, something happened with her audio. She sounds total robotic. I think Mary, you called it like the RoboCop sound. So be forewarned. And the first, like maybe 30 seconds, her mic was turned around. So she turned it back. So you'll hear at the very beginning and the tail end, there were some audio issues. I'm sure you guys can make it through it and sink your teeth into it. You sink your teeth into it. We'll all sink our teeth into stuff that teeth are sunk into and we'll see you guys in a little bit i was actually having a bit of a a week mm. this week and it brought up like a place that i go to mm. that i don't really i don't really like something that i see in my son I believe in, you know, always being kind and considerate and doing my best not to hurt people's feelings. And, and I try and instill that in my son. But the actual aggravation that I push down or keep inside of me, instead of blurting that out, I push that down. I have to constantly be giving him tools ever since he was a little boy. Life for him is just everything's easy. He, he figures it out and he gets bored and he wants to move on. I'm missing the boredom part of it in my personality, but the easy mm. to figure out and wanting to move on is very much there. So I give son tools like, okay, instead of making fun of other kids who maybe don't understand the math that you're doing today, you right. are going to work with your teachers and you're going to actually become an assistant in the classroom. And when you mm. finish your work, you are going to go help other kids. And these are things I've done to myself. By nature, I'm just a nicer person than my, my son is. You know, I'm much more soft-spoken and I don't like upsetting people. I really, really hate making people upset or making people feel bad. But there are times when I just get to this point. And here's the issue. It's sort of a double-edged sword. I don't like problems. I like solutions. So if I see a problem, I'm going to say, Hey, so I noticed that this is happening on a regular basis. And mm -hmm. the problem that it's causing is X, Y, and Z. I've come up with a solution and here's what it is. 
if you have no qualms, I'm going to go ahead and, and implement it. You know, right. so that's sort of how, how my brain works. Mm-hmm. All of this is relating to work. I spend a majority of my life at work. I do love my job. I actually really do. I love the people I work with, but there are times, and this week has been one of them, where it takes me back to this problem. I see another pattern throughout my life where Mm -hmm. because I'm pretty quick and, and can figure things out fairly easily, everything that I have to do on a daily basis, it's easy for me. It's, it's not a difficult thing. I don't need time to process. So I have a very power of deduction mind. If I have a question, I'll ask end of story. Mm -hmm. So that's the one side because of this, I tend to be given or somehow insert myself (laughs) into Mm -hmm. situations or projects, for instance, that are really, really big. Nobody knows how to accomplish them in a quick, efficient, accurate way. And Mm -hmm. instantly it'll all be clear to me. And so all of a sudden it's my responsibility. (laughs) Right. Right. I know there's an element of this that I do to myself, but there's an, another part where I get so annoyed hearing People just go around and around in circles for something that I'm like, oh my God, I got it. You guys, look, we're just going to do this. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's a very strange headspace because I think, okay, I'm exhausted. You know, my brain is exhausted. I am just nonstop. How do you know your brain's exhausted? I get to a point where simple tasks I find myself second guessing, like, I'll be like, okay, oh my God, I know how to do this. And when my brain is starting to explode, I'll get to that point where simple tasks are, Mm -hmm. I have to think about them. And I start to feel a little resentful in these moments. I wish I was sun and I wish I could just blurt out. Oh my God. It's so easy. You guys just, (laughs) but of course I would never do that. If I fix this problem, that would mean I would stop helping people. I would stop giving solutions. I would stop being part of the solution and just hang back and be part of the problem. Then sure, I would have less responsibility, but at the same time, I would go insane because that would, I I couldn't, I don't know. That's not okay (laughs) with me. Okay. I'm going to ask you to breathe for a little while, take some <laughs> breaths. While I talk, you're going to just breathe and, and, and you are going to love and hate me because there, there's some of this stuff. I like you will just cut the shit and go right to it. And here we go. And solutions and solutions. And we are also looking at your process and we are going to reshape some of how you are processing right now some of how your brain is so you can have more true agency over your brain and be how you really want to be. As we said, you are a happy person at the core. At the next layer of core is not happy, is exhausted, is overburdened. Oh, it's it's so much and you don't realize it because you achieve a lot being this way. And it's been a survival mechanism for you for a long, long time. So we're not going to take it away. It's not all or nothing. 
it's not a matter of, well, if I'm not doing that, then I'm just on the sidelines, then I'm over here, then I'm left behind, then I'm not. Uh -uh. There's a middle way and we will calibrate. We, we've got to recognize what you've been through and we've got to recognize where you want to go and where you want to be. And it's not the absence of this quality. It's a wonderful, wonderful quality. We need to calibrate it so you're not burnt out all the time. Man, if we go real deep, <laughs> just for a second, we'll touch it. We don't have to stay there, but we're going to touch it. You have had this mechanism in place. It has had to be in place since you were a kid. Arguably, you didn't get to be a kid. You had to become mama bear, as you say, and handle everything and find the solutions. And you could see the solutions. So great. That's how you survived mm -hmm. from a very, very early age. It's, it's, yeah. it's how you are. I don't want to take that away because it's a wonderful quality. However, we have to look at, well, is there a threat to my survival? In some ways, your brain is going to say, yes, I need to do this at work or else. So why we're breathing, why we're slowing down a little <laughs> bit is on some level, we need to recognize your survival is not being threatened right now. No. And it has been for a long, long time. And there are certain things around you even now that will trigger that mechanism for you. And you will go into that mode. So as I'm saying that and slowing you down, how's that sinking in for you? It makes sense because I don't remember a time that I wasn't like this. Hmm. I don't feel like this comes from being threatened, but more from just being, you know, when you see somebody doing something wrong and you know you can fix it. <laughs> <laughs> and you, even I, I struggle with this as a mother too. And I've been trying to learn. Sometimes you just have to let them make the mistake. But my instinct is to just jump in, fix the problem mm -hmm. and give them the tool. So at work, again, if I could figure out how to just care less, let them handle it, I'm going to have no involvement I mean, that would be great <laughs> if I could do that. Yeah. And, and if we can do that, it, so it's not all or nothing. So it's not, I'll have no involvement, <laughs> but I can have some level of involvement without it triggering in me that, that sort of innate need to fix, to make it right. And then, ah, oh, there, okay, now we can go. And, and you mentioned <laughs> OCD a week or two ago and yep. yes, needing things to be in place and right. And, and okay. Yeah. So we're, we're working against a, a lot of conditioning in your brain, a lot of ways of having things be right or in its place or done well. And that's, it's a hard thing to leave things unfinished, out of place, not done well. And work, yes, you love what you do. And, and it's awesome that you found a place where you can thrive doing that. It's also constantly reconditioning you and rewarding you for being that way. Yeah. So we're going to have to experiment a little bit without shifting and changing who you are too, too drastically or dramatically. Even if someone else does it, they still come to me because mm -hmm. I have somehow everybody in the office knows now. Right. So right. my boyfriend, he tells me, well, that's your own fault. 
<laughs> not a mean way, but he's very good about just telling me how it sure. is. He's like, well, you did that to yourself because if nobody knew what you could do, then nobody would give you stuff to do. And I'm like, yeah, but what kind of life is that? Like, <laughs> I would rather be stressed out with so much work to do than the lady who needs to retire. Like you said, bored? I don't know that. <laughs> what do you mean bored? I just find something else. Oh. I just do something else. I would love for you to be bored. <laughs> you know? I don't even know if I know how to be bored. Before my current boyfriend, mm -hmm. no matter what day it was, no matter what was going on, I mm -hmm. bounce out of bed at 6.30, jump in the shower, cook breakfast, clean the house, and by 7.30 on a Saturday, I'm like, okay, yard projects, here we come. Going, 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 going. Mm -hmm. Boyfriend, 100% opposite of me. He moved in and every morning on the weekend, just be like, oh my God, babe, it's seven o'clock in the morning, it's Saturday. Turn on the TV or something, like just stay right. in bed. Right. right. And I remember physically forcing myself to just, like just, okay, I'm going to turn on the TV. I'm going to watch a show and then I'm going to get up and then I'm going to run around. Cool. You, you met the challenge. You weren't there for the adventure of being in bed and, and sleeping in like, no, it was like there, I did it. Okay. Done. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So over the years I've, I've tried, I really have, because I feel like we have a great relationship of give and take. Like I also mm. had to tell him, look, babe, I'm sorry, but you cannot sleep past noon in this house. It doesn't work. <laughs> right. He's helped me learn when it's okay to relax. And I've sort of helped him learn when it's not okay to relax. Yeah, you guys might complement each other very well. And especially if you can learn from each other and pick up from each other. I've learned a lot from him. Yeah. And if you guys can recognize where it's coming from, you have yours, he has his. If you recognize that, then it can be very healing too. Mine is more about like actual life lessons that, that he really has been helping me a lot. Like at the beginning, I was just like, doo, doo, doo. you know, my house, my rules, this, 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 this. I can't, I can't right. believe he didn't leave me. <laughs> I would even throw in the word safe. He's helped you feel safe in your environment, which is great. And he might challenge you in good ways. The challenging part is going to be approaching these things, not as a challenge, but as just embracing it for what it is and being present with it even though it's going to feel uncomfortable and being okay with feeling uncomfortable means it's new and different. And that's how we create new pathways for you. That's how we, we change things and shift things because you have been very used to doing things your way. Like you said, my house is here. Here's how it is. Right. And this is what I know. And this is my routine. If I see somebody at work, not doing it right, not doing it the way it's supposed to be done, I'll just jump in and do it. You will build, if not resentment, there will just be a frustration that will build and mount and it will blow. I mean, it reminds me of Popeye. He, he's getting pushed around, pushed around, and then he eats his spinach and becomes this huge muscle-bound sailor. You have a version of the muscle-bound sailor that you've been for so long. It's almost like you need to eat the spinach to become the, the sort of meek, wimpy version of yourself that doesn't have to do anything. And we don't like that. 
meek, wimpy. No, I don't want to be that at all because I've been taken advantage of and abused. And I've gone through a lot of things that were not safe in my life. So we're going to do this in a way where we know safety is there and we recognize it and we can lean into it. And it's not going to happen overnight just like that. It's going to be a gradual process. We can't take your defenses away from you. We can't take the way that you've been away from you. It would not feel good. It would feel so uncomfortable. It would not feel safe. And for you, even if I walked you down that path quickly and you did it, you would do it as a challenge and it wouldn't work. I know when I was getting to this point today, I literally like had to bump my tongue, just went back to work. But that is when I have to be like, okay, whoa. Because normally I'm very, very long suffering. I make jokes. I try and make everybody feel comfortable. So when I get to this point, I'm like, okay, (laughs) I'm doing something wrong here because this is not me. I don't dislike this person. I'm not angry. I'm just, you know, I'm at that point where I'm like, okay, you know what? Everybody just send everything to me and I will have it back to you. At some point, you're going to pop. It's, it's yep. the Popeye <laughs> carrying all that baggage you like to put handles on. You like to carry around. Yeah. There's going to be one little feather on top that's just going to set it all off. And, and there you go. Because I, I don't think you're one that likes to lose her temper. Never. There's probably a, a function of going inside for you. I get very quiet, actually. <sighs> that can be exhausting also. It's a retreat. I would like to see a release for you because you are holding on to so much more than you even realize. There's a lot that you carry. I think finding a job like you have where it feeds this is wonderful. We also have to recognize that means it's just kind of perpetuating this and keeping this going. So we're going to have to work. I don't want to say harder, but we're going to have to work hard to find places for you to truly release and to truly let go. Almost everything is not good enough. So I just quickly redo it. And like I said at the beginning, the alternative of that not being a thing also would not make me happy. So then I get annoyed with myself, like, well, what is wrong with you? Obviously, if this is what you want, why are you frustrated or overwhelmed? And think about where you want to see yourself, how you want to see yourself, how you want your life to be. I mean, in a perfect world, figured out my anxiety triggers. I feel like I've I've figured out what they are, but not where they come from. So basically just getting in touch with where this started from and if not being completely cured of anxiety, because I don't even know if that's possible, at least understanding in this perfect world, find a place where I have a a better understanding of what my limitations are or where my anxiety comes from and just be in a place where I don't have to be so hypervigilant and stress everybody out all the time. (laughs) Yeah, I love that. You said my anxiety. You don't own it. It's not yours. It's just anxiety. It's a feeling that we get. Your experience might have led to anxiety coming in and anxiety being able to come in. So as we look back, we'll look back at your experience and we can talk about my experience and my experience was this. And because of my experience, this, this happened and this happened. Anxiety will still come at certain times, but it might not come as forcefully. It might not come 
when we least expect it. We might be better equipped to manage anxiety when it comes and to understand it when it comes and to handle. We can handle the anxiety when it comes because we understand it based on knowing your experience. When we call it my anxiety, that means we carry the anxiety around with us everywhere. And when I'm like this, I get angry with myself, which makes me even more anxious. When you multitask, you water yourself down. You, you don't do anything fully present. You can take care of many things and you can do it very well. And at best, you will do them very well and be burnt out. If you can do one thing at a time, you can be present for that thing, give it your all, do it well, feel a certain pride in that, and then move to the next. So you're always ready and you have been always to a degree anxious. Well, we're going to look at times and places where you are safe, where it is okay, where you can, if you wanted to, stay in bed in the morning, you know, where you can take a vacation, be gone for a day and it doesn't all fall apart, where there's people I can trust when it comes up, when that trigger is there, whether it's an anxiety trigger or who knows what the trigger is, we, we know how to manage it right then and there. We will work on that. We will also work from the other direction, like you said, and go back to the beginning. Where did this come from? How did this get here? Why am I this way? We'll look at that stuff too, because that will inform us. So hitting it from both sides, that's how we're really going to change. I do want this. You're conditioned that way. It's literally been survival for you. I don't know how, and it doesn't feel comfortable, but I know how I'm doing it now. I am burnt. I'm exhausted. It's a lot. I'm going to leave you with one thing. I want you to think about three things over the course of a week that you can or will do that is purely for yourself. You and I together are asking your brain to think a little differently, to look for what is something that you can or will do that's purely for yourself. I just want to see if, if we can have your brain kind of think that way and, and open up that way to look at. It might feel selfish. It might feel weird. I, I don't care. I just want to see what comes up when we think of just something that is purely for you. And we are back. We sure are, Douglas. <laughs> oh, thank you, Meredith. And I never call you that. Right? Yeah, that was that was gnarly sound at the end there. Thank you guys for sticking with that. Yeah. And at the beginning, I told you, I don't know if you noticed, but the mic was her mic was backwards in the yeah. very beginning. And then she turned. So yeah, you can totally hear it. Like, I'm sorry, guys. We're human. We're human and also a little bit Robocop. So. <laughs> right. This is the RoboCop episode. Um, <laughs> damn it. I already want to push. Am I going to hear the laughter button if I don't have my headphones on? No. How would you hear it? I don't know. Damn it. <laughs> um, <laughs> Our new recorders have uh, laugh track and rim shot and Meredith is dying to like hit the laugh track and, and rim shot on me. <laughs> and applause. Okay, so so she's uh, having a, a rough week with work stuff especially, but I liked she brought up how she sees personality traits in her 
in her son that she doesn't really like, which is so funny and must actually happen all the time. (laughs) Even when we're, when we think I'm not going to be at all like my mother. And then as we get older, just hear the same things that we used to say. Totally. That our parents used to say that we say now and same things we said as kids that our kids say now. And it's interesting though, because for her, it was like when, when her son gets frustrated that somebody else doesn't get it. She's trying to help him with that. I'm like, sure. But also sometimes just being able to speak your frustration and say that and get it out is nice. So maybe she's seeing in her son something that she doesn't do herself. Totally. So he gets frustrated and he's kind of mean about it. And she's trying to give him some tools to help instead of her doing the same thing. She just does it for someone else. Right. She's like, I can do this faster, faster, better, easier, and then gets too overloaded because she takes everything on herself. Right. And and something she said is that when people get stuck in like a problem and they're not getting to the solution, she's already at the solution and frustrated that they're not there. Right. So rather than help them get there, because that's not her job. Right. She will just get frustrated and do it herself, like you said. Right. I think the, the son gets frustrated and just says, I'm frustrated in whatever way he does. And I totally, I can completely relate. I am so similar in that way. And we have an office with 18 therapists in it and two different suites and 10, 12 different offices. And so, and I'm really pretty much, they would all probably agree, the only one that does most of the things. And I did that experiment once where I didn't fill the Kleenex box in the lobby because I'm literally the, (laughs) from everything down to that. I'm the only one that will fill it. And I left it empty for three weeks and still nobody filled it. And I was like, okay, guess I'll (laughs) just keep doing this. And I do get frustrated and annoyed and overwhelmed. And then I'm like, well, okay, if I want it done, I'll do it. It's a balance of the two, I think. Yeah. And some people, I'm not one of these would say that's passive aggressive. If you actually were frustrated with it, wanted it to change at the next like team meeting, you'd say, Hey, can you guys pitch in and yeah, yeah, I do. (laughs) And then they don't. (laughs) And then they say, yes, yes, of course. Just tell us what to do. And then they, and again, it's not my hill to die on. It's just interesting when I hear her talking about it, I'm like, yep. It's that same thing with kids. Like I walk into my niece or nephew's room and there's shit everywhere. And I just start picking up all the drink bottles or drinks. And because (laughs) the amount of time it would take for me to ask them to do it, But of course, there's a a boundary there that has to be watched. But in my mind, I'm like, who cares? I'll just do it. Well, and that's right. To a degree, who cares? I mean, for some, it's like if there there are empty plates with food on it in the room that have sat there for days, come on. They're not that disgusting anymore. Right. Anymore, but they were at some point. Oh, for sure. that's, That's parents and kids or nieces and nephews, right? What about roommates? You know, there are a lot of people out there and a lot of you guys like might have roommates that aren't necessarily your kids or your relatives and managing that and and that balance of that, it can get frustrating. And then it's, we usually will let it build until we hit that breaking point and then we'll just let it all fly. And that's something that Sarah's talked about. Like she feels the frustration, whereas her son will let it fly right when it happens she just keeps pushing it down and doesn't doesn't let it out. And she's aware that she does that. And she's like, oh, yeah, I'm aware. And I'm aware that there might be a point where I blow and I don't want to blow because I don't get mad. I don't lose my temper. 
Like, okay, you don't until you do. Right, for sure. So let's see what else. So Sarah talks about, well, this is sort of what we just talked about. It's invalidating to jump in and give them the tools, people the tools sometimes when you see them doing something quote unquote wrong, right? Well, yeah, there, there's, I think part of what you're hitting is for her, like just taking care of things and, and just doing the solution, whether it's a roommate, family member, she goes into that mode, what she calls mama bear. She goes into that mode to just take care of things and get the solution and do that. And we recognize that as a survival mechanism. She right. did that long, long, long ago, coming out of the cult, even in the cult. Right. She's just used to taking care of something because she can. She sees the solution pretty quick. Yeah. Now she has to realize that like there isn't a threat to her survival. She's just used to doing that. Right. And that that's where I, for me, thought this was cool. And I'll do this with clients sometimes with her. This is our third session. This is the first time I did it with her, but I, I slowed us down. Yeah. Yeah. And actually like just breathe. And sometimes I'll model that. I'll do that and just kind of breathe and slow down. And for her, it really was like, Hey, what do you think? I'm slowing us down. How is this? Right. And I'm looking at not, can she do it? Can she slow down? I'm looking at how does she respond to it? And for some, they get so uncomfortable when we slow down. They're like, ah, but I just want to vent. Like, I just got more that I just want to get off my chin. Like, let me get this out. And I'm sure your clients are totally like that. Oh yeah, totally. I had a client today and I was like, wait, 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 wait. Cause the tendency is to be like, okay. And then this and this and this. And I'm like, what? Okay. <laughs> I know you want to just like b blow through that, but you can't just throw that out. I'm going to stop you. We're going to discuss it. And he's like, right. oh, okay. And then he's like, but I get it. I get it. I'm like, mm, do you? Yeah. It's tough sometimes as a therapist, because we hear it and it's the difference between content and process that I, I talk about a lot with my clients, the content or the details of, of like what happened and, and you want to get those out and vent those out. The process is how we are, how we respond to things, how we think about things. Right. And a lot of times as therapists, when we're hearing all this stuff, the details are important to you because it's what happened right now. Yes. And the process is where we can see some patterns where we might be able to make some change. And sometimes I will stop a client from being so content driven, so detailed, and I'll just stop. And we'll, this is the seeing the forest for the trees, Marin. Like yeah. you always say like, I'm good with the trees. Like, yeah, sometimes we need to be in the details and the content with them. And sometimes right. for me, it's, Hey, stop. I don't care what tree that is. I don't care what tree that is over there. I mean, I do care, but I want to look at the whole forest and get that picture. Right. And let's be there for a second. What's that like? Right. And I think one point she said something that in terms of not slowing down, she said, well, I'd rather be stressed out with work than be the lady who has to retire, which is funny. And I totally get that. And then at the same time, it's finding that middle path between it's not either being bored or having to retire. Right. There's a little room for a wiggle room in the middle there. <laughs> well, yeah. And that, that's part of the calibration. That's part of finding you don't have to do everything and you, and, and you don't have to be bored and, and ready to retire. Like there's there's a little bit of both. There's a little bit of middle and we have to find where that is. And that's not something she's used to. So then, yeah, like you said, the whole idea of being bored and I always come back to the, what, what is your definition of boredom? 
Yeah, well, she was also seeing it with, with her son who gets frustrated and will just get frustrated that somebody doesn't get there. And that's where she made the connection of like, right, because I'm somebody that I don't get bored. I will find something else to do. Like, I, I'll right. just, I'll, I'll do something. I'll, I'll do this. And it's not about frustration. It's about finding some way to kind of feed that in her. And that's where I kind of went, yeah, I would love for you to be bored. And she kind of looked at me like, well, <laughs> yeah, I don't even know how. Right. Yeah. So, and again, totally get it when she talks about her boyfriend sleeping in late and him trying to get her to sleep in a little bit or just chill out on the weekends in the morning. And she's like, okay, I'll sleep until seven and then just wait till I can get, (laughs) and I've, I've had that so many times that experience. It's not uncommon. If I'm dating someone, I'm just like, wake up and I'm poke them literally physically poke. I'm like, Hey, 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 you awake? (laughs) What do you want to do? Right. I mean, that's, that's like, I mean, you know, this, I, I'm a morning You're hiker. The same. Like, yeah. I'll, I'll get up and I'll, I'll hit the hills with my dog. Like that's what yeah. I love doing, being on the trails. And at the same time, if, if I'm with somebody and, and my wife was like this, sometimes she didn't want to get up and go to the trails, So I'd go alone or it was like, let's just stay in bed and snuggle. Or, or like right. she says, like my boyfriend will be like, can we just watch TV? And for her, the sensation was, okay, I'm going to watch TV. I'll watch a show with you. And then her brain goes, but then I'm going to have to get up and then I'm going to do this. And like, it's so hard for her to be. And that's why when I said to her earlier, like the worst thing I could ask you to do right now is to meditate. Yeah. She's like, Oh God, no. Yeah. She's not there yet. Yeah. And you talked about not taking away her defenses that like it wouldn't feel safe. And also baby steps towards in that direction, but not, you're not going to say, okay, well don't do anything. And I think this right. is uh, when RoboCop started to kick in. <laughs> yeah, probably because she she was kind of going off on the my house, my rules, like the, this yeah. is how it's going to be, and this is what it's like. And like, oh, and, and ironically, that's when it became very robotic. <laughs> yeah, that's hilarious. That's a good one. Yeah, I think uh, you guys talked about, or she actually, I think, brought up wanting to figure out her anxiety triggers because she knows what they are but she doesn't really know where they come from. Hmm. So she wants to figure that out and understanding her limitations, not being so hypervigilant. And I think at some point she talked about my anxiety and you talked about it not being like referring to it like that. I, I forget about that a lot. Although with clients, I do try to separate ourselves in that sort of narrative therapy way, remove this, the identifying, I need to take my Adderall. (laughs) (laughs) Speaking of which, right? (laughs) Yeah. It's that, that whole idea of my anxiety, my, it's taking ownership of it in a way that that's not like ownership and accountability. It's like, I'm carrying this around with me. This is just how I am. Right. And that's where it's like, well, really? Is that really how you are? I don't know. But for her, a lot of what she was saying and and how I say to her is taking some of these things away from you is not going to feel safe. And she's needed to hold things as hers, as sort of that sense of survival and stability. So just taking it all away right now wouldn't work. It it, it wouldn't feel good. But at the same time, something that I said when I brought up when I brought up Popeye, right, was for her a lot of what she was doing seemed to be like getting through a challenge, like the way she talked about quote unquote being bored on a Saturday morning. But it would be watching TV with my boyfriend. I'm just going to get through that, 
and then I'm going to be able to get to the next thing. It's like, right. That's the challenge. That's I'm just going to get through the challenge, which a lot of her life and a lot of survival for her has had to be that for sure. But then to me, it's like at at some point there's a buildup of that, especially if, if some of that buildup is she's doing everything and she has to do everything for everybody because they can't or they won't or they don't get there, then there's something that's going to build up in her, whether it's it's resent or frustration or exhaustion. And she's just going to she's going to blow because she's been firing at that high level for so long. Right. That's why I really want to see and just introducing with Drew, we talk about the different gears, just introducing for, for her. Can we find another gear? My brain was like, oh, Popeye and Wimpy. No, nope, <laughs> perfect. Oh, <laughs> you remember Wimpy? Yes, hamburger. I would gladly pay pay you Tuesday for a hamburger today. <laughs> How did I can't even believe someone thought about that? How do you come up with that sentence? So weird. <laughs> I don't know. I, I kind of introduced that as that's the opposite end of the spectrum. Yeah, the muscle bound sailor Popeye or the the super weak, meek Wimpy. Like it's not one or the other. There's room in between and finding that is what it's all about. Totally. And I loved, um, I'm a big homework person. Well, I'm a huge homework person because most of my work is behavioral. So I love giving homework and you gave her some homework thinking about three things she could do or will do that is purely for herself. And when we get to the next episode, you'll find out if she did it or not. That's true. And that's, it was very exciting. Again, kind of fishing at like, for and at is she going to to get it is she going to be able to see it not is she going to be able to do it like it'd be nice if she did and we kind of went through some examples of stuff but it's like what is something just for you that's not about other people and and taking care and 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 doing that and it's interesting because a a lot of how we were talking about things was like the buildup of things the challenge of things and i'm looking for that that gear in her and looking at can she work against conditioning in a sense against survival, which is really, really tough to do. Yeah. And I didn't want to, like I said, didn't want to take it away. I just wanted to add something and even said to her, like, you might feel selfish doing this and it's going to feel weird. It's going to feel different, but it's like something that's just for you. And <laughs> some of what happens in therapy is we'll say that and they come in the following week and then they didn't even think about it. They totally forgot about it. Totally. Yeah. I also deal with that with all, all of my clients. <laughs> <laughs> right. She doesn't strike me as somebody that would forget about it. She strikes me more as somebody that would like take it on. Like I needed to do this. Oh, yeah. did I do it well enough? Totally. Did I do it right? Yeah. And we'll see. Yeah, we will see. And you guys, you guys will get to see, well, you actually won't get to see, you'll get to hear, you'll get to hear about it in a week and we will be right here with you in a week. <laughs> dun, dun, fucker. You can't hit, can't hit the rim shot. It won't come out. You really want sound effects, don't you? Hold on. I heard oh, it in man. my ear. There you go. <laughs> and on that note, cue the applause <laughs> and we are out. Oh no, I played the laughter. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>